Chapter Twenty One of the Laughing Cavalier, Ancestor of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Laughing Cavalier, Ancestor of the Scarlet Pimpernel, by Baroness Ortsey. Chapter Twenty One: A Grief-Stricken Father franz hals had not been guilty of exaggeration when he said that the whole city was in a turmoil about the abduction of gilda beristein by that impudent gang of ocean robbers who called themselves the sea wolves on this subject there were no two opinions the sea wolves had done this deed as they had done others of a like nature before the abduction of children of rich parents was one of their most frequent crimes and many a wealthy burgher had had to pay half his fortune away in ransom for his child the fact that a covered sledge escorted by three riders who were swathed in heavy mantles had been seen to go out of the city by the northern gate at seven o'clock last evening was held to be sufficient proof that the unfortunate john jaffreau was being conveyed straightway to the coast where the pirates had their own lairs and defied every effort which had hitherto been made for their capture on this the second day of january sixteen twenty four rather less than twenty-four hours after the abduction of gilda beristein the tapperage of the lame cow presented an appearance which was almost as animated as that which had graced it on new year's night every one who took an interest in the terrible event went to the lame cow in the hope of finding another better informed than himself men and women sat round the tables or leaned against the bars discussing the situation every one of course had a theory to put forward or a suggestion to offer tis time the old law for the raising of a corps of wardgelders by the city were put into force once more said mynheer van der meer the burgomaster whose words carried weight what can a city do for the preservation of law and order if it has not the power to levy its own military guard my opinion is said mynheer van zeller who was treasurer of the odmenen house and a personage of vast importance that we in this city ought to close our gates against all this foreign rabble who infest us with their noise and their loose ways had there not been such a crowd of them here for the new year you may depend on it that john jaffreux beristein would not have had to suffer this dastardly abomination others on the other hand thought that the foreign mercenaries now within the city could be utilized for the purpose of an expedition against the sea wolves they are very daring and capable fighters suggested mynheer van berenbrock a meek timid but vastly corpulent gentleman of great consideration on the town council and more able to grapple with desperate brigands than were a levy of raw recruits from among our young townsfolk set a rogue to fight a rogue say i assented another pompous burgher cornelius beristein sat at a table with his son and surrounded by his most influential friends those who knew him well declared that he had aged ten years in the past few hours his devotion to his daughter was well known and it was pitiable to see the furrows in his cheeks wet with continuously falling tears he sat huddled up within himself his elbows resting on the table his head often buried in his hands when emotion mastered him and he felt unable to restrain his tears 
he looked like a man absolutely dazed with the immensity of his grief as if someone had dealt him a violent blow on the head which had half addled his brain throughout the day his house had been positively invaded by the frequent callers who under a desire to express their sympathy merely hid their eagerness to learn fresh details of the outrage cornelius beristein harassed by this well-meaning and very noisy crowd and feeling numb in mind and weary in body had been too feeble to withstand the urgent entreaties of his friends who had insisted on dragging him to the lame cow where the whole situation which had become of almost national importance could be fully and comprehensively discussed you want to get your daughter back do you not old friend urged mynheer van der meer the burgomaster of course assented beristein feebly and you want to get her back as quickly as possible added the pompous treasurer of the udmanen house as quickly as possible reiterated beristein vaguely very well then concluded the burgomaster in tones of triumph which suggested that he had gained a great victory over the obstinate will of his friend what you must do my good beristein is to attend an informal council which i have convened for this afternoon at the lame cow and whereat we will listen to all the propositions put forward by our fellow townsmen for the speedy capture of those vervlocked brigands and the liberation of your beloved daughter in the meanwhile an untoward accident had momentarily arrested the progress of the original band of volunteers who under the leadership of nicholas beristein had started quite early in the morning on the groningen route in pursuit of the sea-wolves nicholas namely on remounting his horse after a brief halt at blomendal had slipped on the snow-covered ground his horse jumped aside and reared and in so doing seriously wrenched nicholas's right arm almost displacing his shoulder and causing him thereby such excruciating pain that he nearly fainted on the spot further progress on horseback became an impossibility for him and two of the volunteers had much difficulty in conveying him back to harlem where however he displayed the utmost fortitude by refusing to waste his time in being examined and tended by the bone-setter and declaring that since he could not take an active part in the campaign against the verve-locked malefactors he would give every moment of his time and every faculty he possessed for the organization of an effective corps of soldiery capable of undertaking a successful punitive expedition he joined his father in the tap-room of the lame cow and though he was obviously in great pain with his arm and shoulder which he had hastily and perfunctorily tied up with his sash he was untiring in his suggestions his advice his offers of money and of well-considered plans unbeknown to any one save to him the lord of stoutenburg sat in a dark recess of the tapperage deeply interested in all that was going on he knew of course every detail of the plot which nicholas beristein had hatched at his instigation and hidden as he was in his obscure corner it pleased his masterful mind to think that the tangled skein of this affair which these solemn and pompous burghers were trying to unravel had been originally embroiled by himself he listened contemptuously and in silence to the wild and oft senseless talk which went on around him but when he caught sight of diogenes swaggering into the room in the wake of the painter franz hals he very nearly betrayed himself 
nicholas beresteyn too was dumbfounded for the moment he literally gasped with astonishment and was quite thankful that his supposedly dislocated shoulder furnished a good pretext for the string of oaths which he uttered but diogenes sublimely indifferent to the astonishment of his patron took a seat beside his friend at one of the vacant tables and ordered a substantial supper with a bottle of very choice wine wherewith to wash it down all of which he evidently meant to pay for with nicholas's money the latter could do nothing but sit by in grim silence while the man whom he had paid to do him service ate and drank heartily cracked jokes and behaved for all the world as if he were a burgher of leisure plentifully supplied with money time was going on the subject of the expedition against the sea-wolves had been fully discussed and certain resolutions arrived at which only lacked the assent of the burgomaster sitting in council and of cornelius beresteyn the party chiefly interested in the affair in order to take effect on the morrow gradually the tap-room became less and less full one by one the eager and inquisitive townsfolk departed in order to impart what news they had gleaned to their expectant families at home nicholas beresteyn inwardly fuming and fretting with rage had been quite unable to stay on quietly while diogenes sat not twenty paces away from him wasting his patron's time and money and apparently in the best of humours for his infectious laugh rang from end to end of the raftered room he had soon assembled a small crowd of boon companions round his table whom he treated to merry jests as well as to mynheer beek's most excellent wine but when he leaned forward bumper in hand and actually had the audacity loudly to pledge the noble beresteyn family and to wish the heroic nicholas speedy mending of his broken bones the latter rose with a muttered curse and having taken a curt farewell from his friends he strode glowering out of the room the lord of stoutenburg as unobtrusive and silent as was his wont rose quietly a few minutes later and followed in the wake of his friend End of chapter twenty one recording by dion gines salt lake city utah